Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning to you, whichever is right for you, wherever you are and whenever you are. Welcome to another episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Whether you're listening from a state other than Virginia or a country other than the United States of America, I want to welcome each and every one of you to our episode today. In Virginia and Northeastern North Carolina, you're listening on WGPL, WPCE, and WBXBAM. And we're also heard on the internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. If you would like this or any other broadcast you hear, you can find the podcast by searching The C.D. Hodges on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. That's by searching The C.D. Hodges Podcast on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Now, when last we met, and I say when last we met because as a result of a storm here in Virginia on last week, we weren't able to broadcast. There was no power going to the uh, station. So when last we met, I talked about the nature of an affair. And I want to continue to talk about an affair today. And you know, the number of people who get up in the morning and say to themselves, I'm going to have an affair today. The number of those people, they're just kneel to none. And more often than not, people get tangled up in emotional traps and end up having an affair. Didn't start off that way, but something, and it didn't really take them by surprise, but uh, they just get tangled up in an emotional trap. And I'm, oh, I may be oversimplifying it to some, and, and some of you who've been through it, you can say, I know what you mean. And some of you who haven't been through it, you can hold your head up in the air and, and act just a wee bit self-righteous and say, that doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm telling you, it's true. When you get tangled up in an emotional trap, there's more power grabbing a hold to you and trying to strangle the life out of you than you realize. And where an affair is concerned, it always starts as an innocent conversation that turns into releasing good feelings, that turns into thinking about each other, that turns into meeting each other, that turns into building a bond, that turns into sharing intimacies, that turns into trying to reproduce it all. And by the time you arrive at this point, you're already caught up in that emotional trap, what I call emotional barbed wire, and, and what Jada Pinkett Smith so famously called an entanglement. Uh, but it happens nonetheless. And let me warn you about something here. Your heart is funny. Your heart is funny and it doesn't always abide by the rules. Your heart seems to make up rules as it goes. It will develop attachments where nature takes it. And if you're not careful, your heart will connect with another person's heart and you'll find yourself trying to recover and didn't even realize you had gotten caught up in something. And that's how the affair happens. And I want to say something again. Your heart will develop an attachment wherever nature takes it. And what do I mean by where nature takes it? I mean something as simple as positive reinforcement. We are psychologically conditioned to return to something that makes us feel good. 
And you can amplify that and multiply that when it concerns matters of the heart. So just be careful. I'm warning you here. Just be careful with your heart. When someone finds their way into your heart, getting them out can possibly take a lifetime worth of work, whether they hurt you or help you. When they get caught up in your heart, when they make their way into your heart, you can find it problematic getting people out. So be careful of your heart. Your heart is funny and doesn't always abide by the rules. So then the question becomes, can you recover from an affair? And that's the question I want to deal with today. I actually want to deal with how to recover from an affair. And I want you to know something right away. <clears throat> when I ask the question, can you recover from an affair? My answer is a resounding yes. You can recover from an affair. And listen, an affair does not have to end a marriage. I am not minimizing the traumatic effect. No, I'm not. I'm not minimizing the emotional, the psychological impact on the heart and affairs. But what I'm saying is an affair does not have to end a marriage. You can recover from an affair. Uh, again, I don't mean to trivialize it. And so many people have been so devastated, so deeply hurt by affairs. So I dare not minimize the pain and devastation. I won't insult anyone like that. What I'm saying is, in the world of major hurts, an affair ranks way up at the top. But there is no major hurt that cannot be recovered from. In the world of major hurts, an affair ranks way up at the top. But there is no major hurt that cannot be recovered from. It may take a while. Don't underestimate how long it will take. Don't underestimate how much work it will take. It may take a while. You may lose some weight, natural and emotional. You may have to work like never before, but you can recover through faith, through love, through help, through counseling, through engaging yourself, self-awareness, and through the power of forgiveness. You can recover from an affair. And it's going to take all of that, faith, love, hope, the power of forgiveness, counseling, self-awareness, self-challenging. All of those pieces have to come together to work on your mind and to work on your heart if you're going to recover from an affair. And before we get to this strategy of actually recovering from an affair, I want to mention something that's really important here. Your eyes and your heart need to be opened before an affair ever occurs. We don't need to be skirting lines and seeing how close we can get to the line without crossing over. We don't need to be flirting. We don't need to unnecessarily compromise ourselves. While we have our wits about us, we don't need to place ourselves in compromising situations. And I think people make problems for themselves when they spend years telling themselves that if my husband or my wife ever cheats on me, it's over. You're making a problem for yourself when you spend years telling yourself that. 
If my husband or my wife ever cheats on me, I'm leaving. If my husband or my, my wife ever cheats on me, I'm getting a divorce. All of that terminal language does not work for you. It works against you if something ever happens. And you may think that you're protecting yourself. You may think that you're warning your spouse or something like that. But I already told you the heart is tricky. The heart is funny. The human heart is funny. It doesn't work according to the rules that you think it works. So if you spend years telling yourself and drilling this terminal language into yourself, you're going to do more hurt than good in the case of an affair. If you promise yourself for years that an affair is a deal breaker, then should an affair happen, it's going to be extremely difficult for you not to bust the marriage up because the thought that you have to end the marriage has taken root in your mind. And once a thought takes root in your mind, it's extremely difficult to even imagine anything else. And divorcing is about the only fix to the problem that you can imagine because that's what you've told yourself so many times over so many years. I'm going to do it. 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 And that thing has become a part of your psyche. It's fixated in your mind. And it's a wall that's really difficult, extremely difficult to climb over should anything happen. Hmm. And because you've told yourself so long that you'll divorce him or you'll divorce her in the case of an affair, you form mental connections. And that's pretty much the way your brain is wired. You tell yourself this over so long, over so many times, over so many years, your brain becomes wired that way, but it doesn't have to be. And what do you think would happen if you spent all the years training your mind to love like Christ no matter what? What do you think would happen if you spent all those years training your mind that we can get through it? We can get through it. We can make it through anything. What do you think would happen if you spent all of your mind Speaking survival language, and not even survival language, but thriving language, victorious language. You have the same impact you would speaking terminal language. All I'm saying to you is that an affair does not have to end the marriage. You can recover. Let's look at some things that will help you recover. Restoration and healing, that those are possible after an affair. And I won't try to paint a rosy picture about how things will be perfect or just like they were before if you do these certain things. And I definitely won't talk like repairing and restoring a marriage after an affair is an easy task. Quite the contrary. It very well may be an extremely long and difficult undertaking. But know that the difficulty is in you dealing with the fear of trusting again. More than something that happened, the difficulty is going to be in you getting over the fear of trusting again and the fear of being hurt again. Once you get over the fear of trusting again, you'll get to the place you need to be. And then you can work on forgiveness. 
you'll be well on the road to a restored and repaired marriage relationship. You just got to work on yourself to get over the fear of trusting. Oh, God, I wish I had time to deal with this. The fear of trusting. You got to get over that fear. And then you can be well on the road to restoration. Listen here. You will need to overdose on faith, love, and forgiveness. <laughs> Let me say that again. You will need to overdose, not just a small dose, not even a mega dose. You will need to overdose on faith, love, and forgiveness. Now, I actually dealt with the question on recovery after an affair a few weeks ago when I did the question and answer segment. Again, if you want to hear that again, just search for my podcast. Go to any podcast player, including iTunes, and just search the C.D. Hodges, the C.D. Hodges podcast. And you'll find it there, question and answers from a few weeks ago. And so I dealt with this question. And uh, so I'm going, I'm going to reach back and pull some material uh, out of that segment because it was, it was just good. You know, and I'm not tooting my horn, but I think it answered the mail on recovery. And I'm going to deal, I want to deal primarily with the offending spouse. Not One is not more than the other, and I don't want to get in trouble here, and I don't want to offend anybody, but oftentimes, and maybe more oftentimes than we know or realize, both parties have something to do with the affair, even though the one who has the affair is is ultimately responsible. They made the decision. They made the choice. I'm not reducing their responsibility at all, but both contribute to it, all right? So I want to deal primarily with the offending spouse first. If we're going to repair your marriage, if you're going to get over an affair, the process begins with the offending spouse. The first thing, the very first thing, you got to commit to not do it again. It's that simple. The first thing you got to do is commit to not doing it again. Establish that boundary right away. Get that done immediately. And if you say something like, I don't know what the future holds, but I'll do my best, you may as well throw in the towel. Bust it up right now. Call it in. Throw in the towel because all you're doing is giving yourself an out for the next time you want to act stupid. Uh, excuse me, please. I apologize for that. That slip. But if you say something like, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to do my best to remain faithful, you might as well walk away now. Because all you're doing is giving yourself an out for the next time. The offending spouse has to stand flat-footed and commit to not doing it again. None of us knows what the future holds. But now that you know you've gotten in trouble before, you should be able to stand flat-footed and say, I won't do it again. I will not do it again, and I'm committing to that. Because no matter what urge you have, you do not have to act on the urge. And after you stand flat-footed and commit to not doing it again, then you're going to need some brutal honesty. 
And that honesty begins with you being honest with yourself. The offending spouse must honestly confess to the hurt spouse and admit to themselves that the affair was wrong. And when I say confess it, I mean to talk about it just like God would talk about it. And make no bones about it. Unfaithfulness is wrong. Infidelity is wrong. It betrays trust. It violates oaths. It breaks promises. It breaks hearts. It's wrong, period. And I always say, if you call a thing what it is, you can get help a lot sooner. It's not about having needs met. The affair is not about getting your needs met. The affair is not about he or she no longer satisfies me. The affair is not I slipped or I had an indiscretion. It's all about utter selfishness and it's wrong. And if you talk in terms like that, you will be more likely to understand the impact you've had on your hurt spouse. You have to own your misconduct in order to get on the road to recovery. If there's going to be any shot at recovery and healing, you have to own your misconduct. It's yours. Own up to it. Don't shy away from it. Don't talk about it in mealy mouth terms. Don't brush over it. Don't sweep it on the rug. Stand up straight. Own it. I messed up. I was wrong. No and if or buts about it. And Nate's in the recovery strategy is the offending spouses. And I'm using the term offending spouse because that's the nicest way I can say other than saying the one who messed up. So we'll just call the one who messed up the offending spouse. The offending spouse needs to spend some quality time reflecting on his or her offending behavior. And not only come to the conclusion that it was simply wrong, but also try and imagine how the wrong behavior made the hurt spouse feel. So the offending spouse, you need some quality time in reflecting, self-reflecting. If that's with a counselor, do that. If that's with a pastor, do that. If that's with a psychiatrist, do that. Because maybe you are uh, uh, under some sort of emotional stress. Maybe you have some sort of emotional block you've been dealing with since childhood or whatever. But you acted out inappropriately to meet that need, to tend to that need. You acted wrong. And you need to get that tended to. So you need some quality time spending self-reflecting. So you can try and imagine how your betrayal, how, how, how the feeling of betrayal, the broken heart, how the shame makes your spouse feel. Try to imagine how that hurt spouse is going to feel having to go out in public and face all those joint friends and loved ones, even those church members who will inevitably find out. It's going to get out. More than you are going to know about it. It may be only one or two other people or it may be 10 or 20 other people. 50 or 60 other people, but somebody other than you is going to know. And even if nobody else knows, just think that offending spouse has to go to the grocery store or go to church and wonder if anybody else knows. Because it's a very likelihood. Spend some quality time trying to imagine how the offending behavior made your wife or your husband feel.
And then you try to express to your hurt spouse how you perceive the offending behavior impacted them. Try to express how you imagine what they're going through. Never say something ignorant like, I know how you feel. And when I say ignorant, I simply mean lacking knowledge. But try to express to your offended spouse, to your hurt spouse, how you imagine how they feel and how you imagine what they're going through. You may not get it just right, but if you do the right self-reflecting, you're going to get close. If you come to terms with what you did, you're going to get close. If you put your heart and soul into trying to let them know about the misconduct, you're going to be close. You have to try and let your spouse know that you get it. You get it. You will never rebuild trust if your spouse doesn't at least think you get it. If you get it, you probably won't do it again. Because you don't want to see your spouse hurting again like they hurt this time. And this is not an overnight exercise right here. This is not just something coming out, uh, up with the right words. It's not just you came up with some good words. This will take a little while. It's going to take a good while because you're trying to empathize. You want to empathize with your hurt spouse. You're actually trying to get in the other person's shoes. Get in the other person's heart. And now here's a step also. Here's another step that may bother some folks, especially men. You have to establish accountability to your spouse. You have to establish a system of accountability to your spouse. And quite honestly, my brothers and sisters, it's not out of the question for your offended spouse to have access to your email, access to your phone, access to your social media, or any other account you may have. As a matter of fact, it may be a good idea to leave social media altogether for a while. At least a while. But you're certainly bound to see other people coming about the situation. Get off of social media because you're certainly going to see other people coming about the situation. If you want your spouse to trust you again, then you don't give them a reason not to. Become that open book. By giving them access to your life. Make sure they know your whereabouts about at all times. How long are you going to be gone? When you are leaving home? And do everything humanly possible to be home or be anywhere else you say you're going to be. When you say you're going to be there. How long must this go on? Well, if your concern is how long it's going on, it's going to be a long time. It'll go on as long as it need to. This whole process is going to require a good deal of patience. I think this is especially true for men. Because men process emotions differently than women. Men can move on faster than women. When a man hurts a woman in this way, the hurt goes into her soul. And it challenges her sense of self-worth. Hear me out here. The hurt translates into, I'm not good enough. The hurt translates into you're going to leave me. A man needs to understand that his offensive behavior helped her to feel that way. And man, you're just going to have to take your time and help her get healed of this soul hurt. Men seem to be able to put the hurt in a place in their heart and mind where it doesn't seem to impact them as long. It doesn't seem. 
to impact them as long. And before I forget, man, don't ever say something dumb like you should be over that by now. Absolutely, unequivocally, undoubtedly, categorically dumb. Just dumb. All right? So if you're going to earn her trust, if you're going to earn his trust, they have to feel like you get it. You've got to... You've got to express yourself in ways that help them understand or cause them to say or conclude, wow, they do understand that I hurt. That, you, that man, I can't tell you how far that will go. I believe that was some good strategy for the offending spouse, which is important because after an affair, the offending spouse will have the most work to do. But I also want to share a word or two that would be good for both of you. An affair is one of the times when a third party will be most beneficial in helping a couple work out conflict, pain, and hurt. So I encourage you, if you have an affair, don't be afraid to see a counselor. A counselor can help you grieve a great loss. And believe it or not, in an affair, you're going to grieve. There is a grieving process. And I say loss because the marriage you knew is gone and will never return. There was a lot of good in it, but an affair changes everything. It'll never be the same. You will grieve, but a counselor can help you work through the shock, the denial, the anger, the resentment, the depression, uh, the avoidance. The, the, a counselor can help you work through it all and any other emotions that may rise up. This is critical for the wounded spouse especially. Just like the, offended, the offending spouse has to come to terms that his or her behavior was inexcusable and wrong. Oh man, I know I'm going to risk it here, but I got to say it. The wounded spouse has to accept the fact that it happened. He or she couldn't control it. The wounded spouse, the offended spouse, you couldn't control it. It happened. And you won't be able to control it in the future. So no matter what you do, no matter how many accounts you have access to, you will not be able to control him or her in the future simply because no one individual can exert control over another individual. You can't control another person. So you've got to come to grips with the fact that it happened. You've got to accept it. And you've got to do the next best thing. And that's start working on repair. A counselor can help you walk through the steps that led up to the affair. When you can understand the steps that led to a downfall, you're less likely to repeat it. And here's another thing that's important. A wounded spouse will likely withdraw emotionally and physically from the offending spouse. There may be a time of not speaking. There may be even a time of not knowing what to say. There may be a time when the hurt spouse doesn't even want to be around the offending spouse. The wound is just that raw. And certainly no one should be surprised if the hurt spouse doesn't want to have sex. You know, this may be true for the offending spouse also. If he or she truly repents, if he or she really gets it, then shame may come over them and drive them away from the hurt spouse, emotionally and physically. You have to go forward with extreme care because you may get tricked into becoming the shame rather than just experiencing it. 
So be careful not to become the shame rather than just experience and get over the shame. But re-engaging is a must for both spouses. And that's what all of this strategizing is about that I'm telling you about today. You have to re-engage and continue to live, always reaching for the Christ-centered, fulfilling life. Now, what I've actually tried to describe here in this broadcast today is the process of repentance and what we call the fruit of repentance. Over time, hearts will heal. If you do the work, hearts will heal. You may never forget, but the suffering and the anger, the hurt, they will go away. But don't be mistaken. Don't, don't, don't go off into la-la land. There is a lot of work involved. There's just a lot of work involved here. And I'm not, I'm not sparing rod here. I'm not, uh, 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 what do I want to say? I, I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture over this thing. I don't want you to underestimate the amount of work here. There's going to be work for both of you. There will be work for both of you, but you can help it. And the last thing I want to tell you is don't say, I've already alluded to it, but don't say, I want things to go back to the way they were. The way things used to be is what got you in a mess. Whenever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself now, work to figure out your redefined course of life. Go higher, do better, be more, and never go back. And you can recover from an affair. Hey, listen, I'm all out of time today, but I want to thank you for joining me. Listen, this is Marriage and Family Clinic. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. I need to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And if you want to hear this, Search the C.D. Hodges podcast on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. We want to hear from you. Thanks for joining us again. And remember, you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.